Time is now 37 minutes past two o'clock. Let's turn to the final part of the one, two, three show today, and that is Trash Talk. So this week on Trash Talk, Good Food Technology co-founder Joshua Ng talks to Marcy Trent Long about their plant-based food product, Plant C4, about how plant-based meat might be a sustainable alternative to meat. Good afternoon, Trash Talkers. Did you know that the Asia Pacific region accounts for 22% of all plant-based meat sales by value and is expected to be the world's largest alternative protein market in just a few years? So here to talk with us a little bit about what alternative protein meats are and why they're important to reducing waste and protecting the planet is Joshua Ung, co-founder of Good Food Technologies, a Hong Kong-based startup. Welcome to the show, Joshua. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, introduce ourselves. Well, it's pretty exciting talking to a Hong Kong-based startup that does great things for the planet and for reducing waste. So maybe you introduce us a little bit to Good Food Technologies and why you decided to start a plant-based alternative meat startup. Sure thing. Uh, so here at Good Food Tech, we uh, specialize in, you know, developing and manufacturing alternative protein products. And our first angle uh, going to the space is really uh, plant-based meats that's more suited for Asian cuisines. So, you know, like looking into the Asian market, we focused first on pork because that's the number one mo- most consumed protein here in the region. And from a, a technology per- perspective, we also optimized it so it performs better for Asian cooking. Um, when I say Asian cooking, actually, uh, don't know if you have heard about it, but like in, in China, you have eight main uh, cooking techniques and actually half of them water-based. Um, so steaming, boiling, simmering, etc. And the thing is a lot of the existing products, they're optimized for oil-based cooking, you know, like deep frying and pan frying, less so for water-based. Um, so in our case, since we're looking more into Asian cuisines, we innovated a, a, a fat technology that allows us to perform better in water-based cooking, whether it's the texture, the aroma locking, or the, or the, you know, the flavoring. Um, so this technique is called Aromax. Huh. Um, so essentially, we, we produce pork products, which are, uh, you know, plant-based, and we're very good for dim sums, essentially. So when you were developing it, then were you doing um, tastings specifically towards the boiling and the steaming side of the pork, plant-based pork market? Yes. So even more specific, we did a lot of R&D in the early phase on Xiaomai. So it's one specific um, dish or dim sum that's very popular here in Southern China or in Hong Kong. Um, by far the, the biggest category in terms of frozen foods besides dumplings. Um, so we, we tried more than a thousand types of uh, shell mice. <laughs> we started off making our own uh, plant-based shell mice using existing plant-based pork products to actually creating uh, you know, a formulation which actually serves really well as a pork, as a standalone. But you look so thin. It's hard for me to believe that you did so many tastings. Did you? <laughs> no, I, I still do, you know, my, my weekly dose of like gym and all that stuff. But I, I eat every day. Like I try, I taste every day. Whether it's uh, our internal R&D stuff or like, you know, like from our partner restaurants. 
And you got and uh, you guys are based in the Hong Kong Science Park, right? Yes. So that's been great and really helpful too, right? Oh, definitely. Um, whether it's you know like the infrastructure or like the investor matching or just corporate partners, they they help us on on all fronts. Good, good. So okay, let's um let's do a a plant based meat one hundred and one, which is you know. Why is it good for climate change? Why is it good for the planet? Why do we have to, why can't we just have our yummy pork? <laughs> so the thing is like, first you gotta look at, you know, animal as a, a primitive technology to convert plants into meat. Like it's just one way to produce meat. So that's huh. like the premise, right? Like in the end of the day, you're still feeding you know, the pigs, like right. plants. And they're using the body as the medium to convert into meat. Huh. And if you look at the traditional way of producing meat, which is using an animal, a pig, it takes 28 weeks, um, you know, from baby to slaughter. Then every day you got to feed it. It needs to drink water. It needs to move around if you're humane. Uh, it needs to pee and all that stuff. And the sustainability aspect is very straightforward then, you know, because of plant-based you're directly converting plant into meat. Hmm. So instead of taking 28 weeks and hundreds of liters and hundreds of kilos of feed and producing maybe only like 75 kilos of meat per pig, because only half of the pig is edible, you know, like your right. and the knuckles, a bit higher in, in Asia because you can eat the knuckles and the ears and all that stuff versus, you know, like going directly from plant protein into meat. So... Yeah, tremendous savings there. Oh, that's a very good analogy. I like that. So, because most people focus on, you don't have to grow the feed for the pork. That may be a little bit of a different issue in Asia where there are so many small pork farmers that just use their own household food waste for their pigs. But also there's, I suppose there's also large agricultural feed as well that you can avoid by using plant, is that the case? Yeah, so in the end, it's you still need resources to grow whatever you need to grow to feed um, the animal itself. Yeah. So it's really about cutting down um, from a time perspective, a feed perspective, and also this water perspective, not to mention all the greenhouse emissions that you have in between. Right, right, because they, they, they have to excrete. Anyway, we won't talk about that on Trash Talk. That's not nice. Um, <laughs> how's the response of Hong Kong audiences then to your to your meats? What what have been your some of your biggest challenges? Um, so far, the response has been actually very pretty awesome. I'd say uh, we went first with like a more like white label approach uh, because we were serving more restaurants and manufacturers, and we didn't want to go through the hassle of you know forcing their marketing um, to use our brand. We just wanted to see like who's using it and like what's the response. And um, very interestingly, like it definitely outperformed uh, actually our corporate partners' expectations. So I would say like the more memorable campaign that was done recently is the one that we had with IKEA, uh, where we launched our Xiaomai product. So not that we didn't sell them the pork, we sold them like a finished Xiaomai product. And um, essentially, we the the volume was like three times like what they were expecting, 
That's and great. We're talking about like an outlet that's you know you have quite significant uh, traffic, and yeah. yeah, everyone's talking about the Xiaomi. But I, I think in terms of the challenges, it's really, especially in Asia, it's how do you communicate plant-based meat in a way that differentiates from traditional soy meat, the tofu's and the mock meats. Because oh. in the end of the day, we're still using a common plant protein because our product is soy based. Right. So how do you? And to be I'm completely honest, like until you try it, from my experience, like no matter how hard you say it, like communicate verbally and visually, you'll still think, hey, it's just a soy tofu stuff. You know, like yeah, you need to eat it to to get the the gist. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's so- the difficult part. Is you got to get in front of chefs and you got to, well, I, I read a little piece that you, a funny piece about the famous restaurant in Hong Kong, Mot 32, that you dropped off some yeah. samples. Uh, can you tell us that story? That was. Oh, yeah. So that, that was a, a classic case of just raw business development. So we, we approached Chef Lee, who's the exec chef of Mot 32 through LinkedIn. We didn't know him. Like we added him on LinkedIn and like, hey, we're a new startup in Hong Kong. We got some new plant-based meat. Would you like to try it? And I mean, like, I was surprised that actually like a Hong Kong, you know, a Chinese chef, he doesn't even really, really read English. He actually responded. He was like, yeah, like, uh, give me a shot. You know? uh, so we dropped off these samples, but um, he didn't really touch the samples for, for like two or three months. <laughs> Yeah, until like their existing, um, they ran out of the existing port that they were using, the plant-based port. So there was only a, one other uh, main player at that time, I guess some supply issues. And after using our product once, he was like, well, this is so much better for Xiaolongbao, you know, like, which is like the classic Shanghainese soup dumpling. And from there on, like he switched uh, automatically, even though we were like unproven. Um, so that was very, uh, very encouraging. Yeah, that's huge, right? I think that's really great. And 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 yeah. so that so that is the point that so people would tend to use you you know for that segment of their cooking for plant-based pork, so for the shumai, etc. And then you guys have even moved into selling your own shumai and dumplings direct to consumers, right? So not just the meat, but also yes. the so the we dim- do we do both well, we start off with just the pork itself. So we have the fatty pork, which is for you know dim sums and for meatballs, for any processed meat product. Because you can form it, flavor it. It can be lunch meat, it can be patty, whatever. We have like a product, like a mince product, which is different from the mince products you have in the West. So it's more like individual bits where you don't have the fatty part. So it's very good for stir frying. So it's actually also optimized for, you know, like another Chinese um, cooking application. And then we have a slice product as well, as well for that's also awesome for like wet stir frying. So we, we kind of like focus on the techniques when we innovated the products. Um, right. Yeah. And then we realized like, you know, in, in the retail space, like um, consumers are looking for more convenient products, especially with the COVID, you know, like they just want easy meals to cook at home. So we, we went ahead with the dumplings and the shamais because for example, in China, like, 50% of the frozen food category is dumplings. 50%. <laughs> so, well, they're, yeah. they're hard to make, right? It's, they are really time consuming to make. Um, yes and no. The thing is like, 
it's so it's so established right now. Like, um, actually, all the biggest players they have fully automated lines to produce the dumplings. Huh. Yeah. And so, do you guys make and, yours in Hong Kong as well? Yes. Um, oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, uh, we do. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah. say right now. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can expand, but just keep keep some production here, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Science Park is telling us, you know, like, but, you know, it's all about scaling economics, um, but we're definitely open. Uh, we definitely want to do it in Hong Kong uh, as well. Um, well, it's tough. It's, the big yeah. the big market is right next door, right? That's the, yeah. so if you're going to become, if you're going to make that leap, because you guys, I know you had a big, a nice recent round of funding, but I know you need to, you got to take that leap to that next step as well right Definitely. yeah so um well what do you think the future of plant-based food and pork is in asia like do you see it supplanting meat one day do you see it as people won't notice the difference especially in like a frozen dumpling what do you see as the future i think in terms of the future I think different technologies will be used to address uh, different types of meats. Um, meat itself is a very vague word. Uh, what you use for dumplings and shell mice to what you use for luncheon meat, spam and meatballs to what you use for a steak is very different. Um, I think plant base is definitely the way forward for basic, uh, more less sophisticated meats up to like processed meat products, both from like a experience perspective, like financial perspective or like just you know sustainability um cell based will be for more advanced cuts they'll compete more against the premium cuts but i do think there will be still a big segment which is still animal based um so i still think you know the kobe beefs and what you get in hokkaido and all that with the really nice marbling and the cows being bred better than humans these kind of <laughs> still yeah you want to be a kobe cow. Hmm, I don't know. Well, can you tell us also go back to the, you know, for those of us new to it, the difference between a cell-based alternative meat and your alternative meat. What what is the difference? So, a plant-based uh uh protein or plant-based pro uh, meat product, it uses all plant-based ingredients. And you process it in a way so that so like this so, so you guys use soy right yeah yeah you can use soy you can use pea you can use rice you can use mushroom protein all types but it's more about the formulation and the processing so that you get it into a structure that mimics meat and a flavor whereas in cell based you'll be actually taking biopsy from actual cell animal cells and you grow these cells in a in a bioreactor. And then you have different cells, which, you know, come together to form a piece of meat. So you have a cell, which is specifically, you know, more for the muscle tissue or certain muscle tissue. And then you have one, which is like, like more for the fat part or some parts, which are more for the blood, you know? So like that's, that's cell-based. But to be Got honest, it. like some of the cell-based products out there, they're actually 80% plant-based. Oh, that's complicated. Cell-based. Yeah, it's a it's a shortcut kind of, but like that's what some uh, some companies are doing. Um, okay, anything yeah. to get the product. So I mean, I mean, and technically, 
you know, you do still have to grow the soy for your product, right? So I suppose, yes. so I see. So you're getting rid of that 28 week gestation for the pig to make the pig meat, but you still have to have, you still have to grow the soy somewhere in the world. So you still have that mm -hmm. impact as well. Yes. All right. Well, where can we find plant Sifu, plant Sifu products? Is that what they're going to be called in the so, little frozen packages? Plant Sifu? And in Cantonese, what yeah, is plant it? Plant Sifu. Plant Sifu. In, so English is plant Sifu. Because like Sifu in, in, in Chinese or in English as well, it means master or chef. Ah. It means master chef. Sifu. Like ah. Sifu. Right. Ah. Yeah. Like you go to any Chinese restaurant, you call the exact chef, you come see food. Hey, um, something, Lee's, uh, Chef Lee, Lei Sifu. Ah, yeah. that's great. That's great. Yeah. So right now in terms of retail, we, we are in uh, a chain called uh, Green Dot Dot. Yeah. So it's like a healthy organic boutique. We're also launching to more uh, larger chains like Yata, for example. And we're available on HKTV Mall. But in terms of restaurant partnerships, uh, we're finally launching our, our plant seafood brand. Like, uh, so we're co-branding with seven uh, very reputable Chinese restaurants. Great. Do like a co-menu. Can you tell us a couple of the restaurants? Yeah, sure. Um, so there will be Ye Shanghai, uh, Denji. So these are two groups, uh, two restaurants under Elite Concepts. Uh, also with Michelin-starred uh, chefs. Uh, we have uh, Greater China Club. Uh, we have Chong's, uh, we have Duddles, which is another restaurant in, uh, in Central Michigan Start. Um, and then we have two restaurants under Hyatt, um, the Shatin 18 and the Chinese restaurant. So the actual restaurant name is called the Chinese restaurant. The, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, TCR is a shortcut. Yeah. That is hilarious. Well, that's really exciting. So Trash Talk listeners, so can we just go to the restaurants or just from then on, we can get your products at those restaurants? Yeah, so there'll be a side menu. Um, so that restaurant, crossover, plant seafood, and you can just order whatever you like. Woohoo! All right, Trash Talk listeners, give it a try. That yes. is the future of meat for sure. So we might as well start getting used to it. <laughs> and Joshua, thank you so much for joining us. And we wish you the best of luck in your startup. Oh, thank you so much, Marcy, for the opportunity. Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, cheers. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for this week's Trash Talk. Trash Talk will be back again on the 123 show next Monday. It's the 